The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and besought him, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I shall be made well. And immediately the hemorrhage ceased, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone forth from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he saw a tumult and people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a tumult and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and walked, for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were overcome with amazement, and he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. It's quite a long Gospel scene uh, for today's reading, but a very beautiful one. A few years ago, I was on my canonical retreat in Lourdes in France, and this was the gospel text that I took for meditation on the retreat. So it's a, it's a gospel text that is very uh, special to me. Um, I, I 
all the details in it are so beautiful to meditate upon. But uh, there's two main lenses that I'd like to use today to look at this gospel scene, because it is interesting, is that you have, in a certain sense, one scene, one miracle, which is the healing of Jairus' daughter, and contained within that miracle is the healing of the woman who had had the, the hemorrhage for 12 years. And so the two miracles are related, and it's important to look at, well, what is the relation between them? And the church fathers give two possible lenses, one of two, uh, at least two possible lenses, to look at this gospel scene. The one is through the lens of original sin and its effects, and the other is through the lens of sanctification or growing in holiness. And these two lenses seem to be given us by the first readings for today. The reading at the beginning, the first reading that we had, dealt with sin and death and how Christ overcomes sin and death, that he has come to give life. And the second reading is more about becoming more and more like Christ. It speaks about his riches, how he gave them up and became poor, so that we might imitate him as well. And so we have those two lenses, if you will, the overcoming sin and death and the growing in sanctification, given us to then look at the gospel passage for today. So one of the church fathers, very interestingly, points out the fact that you have a similarity between the woman who had the hemorrhage and the young girl, and something that unites them and links them, which is the fact that the woman had had the hemorrhage for 12 years, and the little girl was 12 years old. And so one of the church fathers points out and says, this seems to point and gives an indication of, we can interpret it in a certain sense, as original sin, because you have these two illnesses, one not unto death and one unto death, but both of them in a certain sense linked in time to the same source. And so it represents for us original sin and its effects. Its effects in our lives in terms of venial sin, which is sin that is not unto death, and mortal sin, which is sin that causes death in the soul. Mortal sin represented by the little girl who died, and venial sin represented by the woman who has a hemorrhage, who does not die but is weakened. And so that is what venial sin does to us. Venial sin, even though it doesn't cause death in the soul, it can cause a weakness in the soul because of the, re the repeated commi uh, committing of venial sins, the soul slowly grows weaker and weaker, represented by this woman who has this flow of blood and how she goes and she seeks to be healed from this, it says, from all the physicians, and yet she only grows worse. And that can happen in our own soul through venial sin, where we seek consolation in sin, some type of satisfaction for the soul, but it doesn't help us or heal us. It only makes us worse and allows us to grow weaker. And she is not healed from that interior hemorrhaging until she has contact with Jesus, until she comes and she finds him and she contacts his, she touches the hem of his garment and she is healed. And that for us represents the contact that we have with Christ in the sacraments and how we are healed through the sacraments from sin. And then you have the young girl who represents what happens with mortal sin, which is that death comes for the soul, for the interior. Even though we might live a natural life still, the soul dies because grace leaves the soul when we sin mortally. But that is also healed by Jesus. 
In the first one, the woman is able to come to Jesus because she still has the strength to do so. But in the second case, with the girl, Jesus has to go to her. And so also in mortal sin, we are unable to do anything because grace has left our interior. And so Christ has to come to us in his mercy. And he comes to us also through his sacraments and restores us to grace through either baptism or the sacrament of confession. So that's one lens to look at the gospel passage for today. The other is a growth in sanctification, growth in holiness. And so one of the other church fathers points out, he says that the little girl, she represents the heart. She represents the heart. And so we can see this whole scene in a certain sense as our own interior life. And so the little girl represents the heart. The father, Jairus, he is a ruler in the synagogue. To be a ruler in the synagogue meant that you, have to ha you had to have real delicacy with the word of God and that you had to be honest and sincere in your pursuit of truth. And so Jairus, he represents for us in our own selves and in our own soul, our intellect as our mind goes in search of truth. And so Jairus, the father of this household, goes in search of truth sincerely and finds himself at the feet of truth himself, Jesus Christ. And because he is enlightened by God, which is what the name Jairus means, enlightened by God, he finds God. Because he is enlightened by truth, he finds truth. Because he has searched the scriptures for Christ, he has found him. And when he finds Christ, he falls down in adoration, and all he wants is Jesus. The only solution to his daughter's illness, the only remedy he knows to be Jesus Christ. And so he desires that Jesus come, come with him and heal his daughter. And for us in our interior, that is what we should be looking for as we pursue truth, as we fill our minds with truth, fill our minds with Jesus Christ and come to know him and come to find him. All we want is that he come in and heal us and sanctify us and make us holy. And Jesus responds to this immediately. No questions asked, no problems thrown in the way. It says immediately he went with him because that is what Jesus wants to accomplish in each of us, that we are filled with truth, but that we are also filled with him himself. The more that we are filled with truth, the more we are filled with Jesus Christ. But there is a process of sanctification of the soul and so the first movement, if you will, what the, many of the spiritual doctors of the church call the purgative stage, it means the stage in which we are purified of all our other attachments, all the things that should not be crowding in around us, all the things that have taken the place of Jesus. And so when the Lord is walking with them, they are surrounded by a multitude, which represents all of these things that need to be purified and cast out. And the Lord continues to work, and we can see that the woman who has had the hemorrhage, she has to fight her way through the crowd. She has to make this effort to come to the feet of Jesus. She has to humble herself, and she touches simply the hem of his garment, right at the bottom of his garment. She touches the hem, and she is healed. And that is the interior work of the soul in the purgative stage, to humble ourselves to fight our way through all of the other things that are not Jesus Christ himself and to reach out and to touch him alone, knowing that it is only from him that we will receive true consolation, 
But in order to do that, we have to give up all of the other types of consolation that are insufficient. And so that represents that purgative stage. The next stage then represents the illuminative stage, the, the stage in which we are more deeply illumined by Jesus Christ. And the trials that come in this stage are more difficult to overcome. Because as soon as they leave the crowd, it says, there comes to them some from their own household to say, your daughter is dead, why bother the teacher anymore? This is the great darkness of the trial of the illuminative stage of the interior life, which is that the worst temptations don't come from outside, they can come from in our own heart, which is that it is already dead, why bother the teacher? What can Jesus do? How can he save me? How can he save my heart? I know my own heart. I know my own wickedness. How is it possible that the Lord can restore this heart? It's all of those type of temptations that would keep the Lord from coming in and sanctifying us. And the Lord says, well, he completely ignores them. And he turns again to Jairus, turns to our intellect, and he says to us, just believe, just believe, just have faith. Despite all the temptations, despite everything that's come from without and everything that's come from within, just believe. And through that trial then of believing in Christ in the midst of darkness, in the midst of opposition that comes from without and within, Christ enters into the house and he heals the heart. He restores the heart to life, the little girl, the child, the image in which we are made, the image that we are of God and in which we are made, children of God. That is what he restores to perfect animation. And when he restores this little girl, his one instruction, give her something to eat. The food of the interior life is the most important. And this food is Christ himself. The same Christ who entered into this house to restore this little girl to life, he will enter all of us today in Holy Communion. He comes into us and he can heal our heart. We receive him in faith. We receive him truly. And the same Jesus who has walked through this scene, who has healed the woman with the hemorrhage, who has healed this little girl, this is the same Jesus Christ that we receive in Holy Communion. We are called to operate and to work these two things or allow Christ to work these things in our life, that he removes sin from us and from our soul, but also that he walks with us and sanctifies us and draws us to himself. Amen.